R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-e-a audio. Re-employability. Re-e-a audio. 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 Re-e-a REA Audio was originally built to be a toolbox for adjusters and people within the workers' comp world so that we could give them ideas to make them do their job better. And even though we still kind of do that, what we've really done is change what our perception is of REA Audio and the podcast and what we can do within this industry in order to try to make it better. And what that focus has really become now for REA Audio and, and really high level with reemployability is focus on the injured worker. We understand how easily you can get jaded in this industry. And in our experience with injured workers, and the statistics show it as well, the majority of people that get injured on the job, they want to get back to work. They want to get back to their regular lives. And we want to try to help kind of change everyone's perception of what the workers' comp industry is and the people that are at the heart of why we do what we do. And so at Reemployability, if you're not familiar with what we do, we take injured workers who can't be accommodated with modified duty at their employer and we put them into not-for-profits and we place injured workers all across the country. We place over a thousand injured workers every month. And really at the heart of what our program is and at the heart of what our product is, is the not-for-profits that we partner with. And so we have a team of folks who reach out to and onboard quality not-for-profits. And as part of what they do, they also interact a lot with the injured workers who we are able to place in these not-for-profits. And so uh, as a guest on our very last episode of season two of REA Audio is Lindsay Bressy. Lindsay is a nonprofit relationship manager here at Reemployability. And Lindsay, you've been on the show before and thank you for letting me twist your arm and get you back on again. It's always so nice to talk to you and get a different perspective on what it is we do, right? I'm, I'm the sales manager here, so I'm always looking at our clients from a perspective of who can we bring on that can utilize our program, whereas you're really in the heart of, of, of being able to develop and build our program and make it more robust and more, more full of options and quality options as well. So very long intro and I'm sorry <laughs> and I'm going to let you talk now, but thank you for, for coming on again and, and kind of helping us wind up season two and introduce what we're going to do next season. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me, Todd. Um, I'm really excited to be here. Um, just a little bit of background on me. Like Todd mentioned, I am a nonprofit relationship manager here at Reemployability. I've actually been with the company for almost eight years, believe it or not. Um, prior to that, I actually worked in the nonprofit sector as volunteer services managers for different nonprofits in the Tampa Bay area. And then I found this job, uh, started as a placement specialist. Um, and connected injured workers to those nonprofits. And ultimately that led to my position now because I have a heart for nonprofits. I've always kind of envisioned myself working for one, um, 
kind of like the end goal. So this position is kind of the dream job for me. It allows me to work really closely with nonprofit partners across the country, and it also allows me to connect our injured workers to their communities. Well, it's it's so nice to have because reemployability didn't always have a, a division that was totally dedicated to reaching out to and onboarding new profits. A lot of when when we were younger and had fewer people and and were kind of developing our process, we would get a referral in and then we would look for a not for profit in that area. It just made the most sense. It was the most efficient because of the just the staffing that we had. Right. But as we grew and as we expanded and tried to scale what it was that we do, we identified that there are certain areas, really across the whole country, but there are pockets where we really need help in onboarding new not-for-profits. And, and that's where you and Angela come in and the rest of the team that, that are in uh, doing what, what you're doing. So what are some of the challenges that you find when reaching out to not-for-profits and being able to onboard them and get them kind of understanding what it is that we do? Because I know, at least with clients, I can give you the, the elevator pitch, but there's so much more to it and there's a lot of nuance to it that people have to understand. And I can imagine that first call that you make to a not-for-profit, they're like, you do what? And you're going to do what? <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. The very first question that we ask any nonprofit, whether they're an admin office, a thrift store, a food bank, um, homeless shelter is do you use volunteers so if right off the bat they're like yes we'd absolutely need volunteers then we kind of go into that process of can you accommodate light duty volunteers so individuals who have temporary physical limitations but are available to you for full-time hours while they recover so a lot of times Nonprofits are very surprised that this is even an option for them. Um, and and there, there is some hesitancy, of course, obviously, with being able to accommodate certain restrictions. So what we do is we try to get a sense of what duties that they can provide to an, um, an individual and kind of match what they might want. So, you know, if we get a referral in a certain area and they and we know that that nonprofit can accommodate certain limitations, then we can reach out to them with a, a volunteer that makes sense for their organization. Yeah, one of the things I tell our clients because one of the questions that comes up it has to do with accountability from from a client standpoint, right? So, this injured worker isn't directly answerable to one of the managers at at the company because they're off-site. And so the question always comes up like how do we know that this person's going to be accountable to what it is that they're supposed to be doing. And you make a really good point. When you're reaching out to these not-for-profits, they need the help, right? It's not like they're just saying, oh yeah, send us as many people as you can. We'll have them stand around. That's a burden to them as well, right? So is it your experience that um, because of that hesitancy, they're like, listen, I don't want to take somebody else on if, if, and manage that person if they're not going to be doing something that I need them to do. Has that been your experience? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and there are some instances where the, the hesitancy is there, and, and it takes a little bit more than maybe one conversation with that nonprofit. Mm -hmm. um, it's also just getting a sense of their mission and how they benefit the community, and just letting them know, really, at the end of the day, we want to connect people to a really good organization um, and give them a sense of purpose while they're navigating their work-related injury. So, being able to tell. An, an injured worker like hey you're gonna go to this food bank and they actually serve 500 people a week and you can help with that I think it gets the injured worker excited about it I think you know brainstorming with nonprofits we do a lot of that as well so if there is that sense of you know I don't know if I can host someone we give them different ideas just based on previous experiences previous experiences sorry with other nonprofits mm -hmm. so one of the things that you do is you get to travel and visit not-for-profits, those that you're both 
looking to onboard and those that are current partners with us just to, well, for many reasons, right? You want to say thank you. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that everything is the way it's supposed to be at that not-for-profit. And then one of the other things you get to do is you talk to injured workers that are actually in the program. And that kind of transitions us to what we want to do and how we want to focus season three of REA Audio. So we were talking the other day about your most recent trip uh, out to California, right? And some of the injured workers and not-for-profits that you were able to visit and talk to. And you told some really, really cool stories. You want to share some of those? Yes, definitely. So um, best part of my job is when I get to travel to different um, cities and states across the country to connect with those nonprofit partners and the participants. So this was my fourth trip. I was gone for about a week and I visited a total of 25 different nonprofits. So like you said, some of those were ones I was attempting to onboard in person. Um, others were long-standing partners. Others were kind of what we call winbacks as well. So um, just being able to actually go out into the community and see firsthand what these organizations, one, what they look like, learn more about their mission in person, connect with our nonprofit supervisors, again, thanking them for their partnership and seeing what we can do to take that to the next level, what we're doing really, really well with them, um, what we could improve upon. Um, and then, you know, if time allows or if circumstances allow, um, connecting with the volunteers themselves. So you, you told me a story about one of the volunteers uh, doing, it, it had to do with a lunch Right, they, they were eating lunch out in the parking oh, lot? Yeah, yes. that's a great story. Yeah, so at the end of my very first day, um, I visited a Goodwill thrift store, and I met with the store manager there, and she's like, oh my gosh, we love your volunteers. Like, they are so helpful to our cause and our mission and our purpose, and um, there was one volunteer there in particular, her name was Ro, and Mary, the store manager, called her a light. So. Um, Ro just had a bubbly personality. She was always eager and excited to come into work. And she, once I met her, I realized how much of a social person she actually is. So Mary really wanted me to meet with her um, and poked her head outside and she's like, oh, Ro's eating lunch in the parking lot. I'm like, I do not want to interrupt this poor woman on her lunch break. But uh, we went out there anyway and she sort of had like this picnic set up with a couple other ladies. And then she introduced them as her friends. And I was like, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but Mary was just, you know, speaking volumes of how helpful you are at the store, how customers love to connect with you, um, and how you're learning different skills. So um, because of Rose hard work ethic, they actually allowed her to do um, all of like the window displays and the end caps. So getting people really excited about their purchases. Um, and the two ladies that Roe was actually having lunch with were customers, and they've become repeat customers because of their experiences and their interactions with Roe. Mm. Um, so when I met Roe, she was like, you know what, I am a really social person. This is way better than sitting at home. She's like, when I was at home, I, I was feeling depressed, I was feeling lost, and I was feeling like I had no purpose. So getting that letter in the mail and being advised that she was going to go to the thrift store for her modified duty, it totally changed her life. Um, and she said that she's really, you know, connected with the nonprofit. Um, Mary is really good about reminding her of the mission and all the good that they're doing, all the good that these proceeds from these thrift stores are benefiting people in, right there in her community. Um, and the two ladies that she was with, they were just like, we love her so much. Like, we bring her lunch every day. They have conversations. And it was just really nice to hear that that nonprofit was giving Roe an experience that was more than just, here's what you're going to do today from 9 to 5. 
um, and let us know if you have any questions. You know, it was really taking care of her, really teaching her different skills that will benefit her in the future and giving her that safe environment to go to as well as new connections. You had mentioned that there are the not-for-profits are sometimes hesitant mm -hmm. obviously when we're explaining what it is that we do and every time I've been able to visit a not-for-profit and see one of our uh, one of the injured workers that we've placed there I mean almost a hundred percent of the time they tell me yeah I got the letter and I wasn't quite sure what this was all about I was a little bit hesitant I was a little bit skeptical right and it's a shame in this world with everything that goes on it, like your first intuition is to be skeptical of something especially right. if it seems like it's a good thing right right do you run into a lot of that with injured workers when yes. you meet them yes yeah. I do um, on my second day of the visit actually I, I did meet a woman and she was like when I first got that letter I did not agree with it. She's like, I didn't want to go, but I decided after thinking about it that I would give it a chance. And she loves the nonprofit. She's like, this is what I look forward to every day. Um, she's like, it also has a, f a foundation in faith, which is really important to her. And they also offer um, prayer sessions, if that's something that someone wants to engage with. So she said that on her really hard days where it's tough to you know, get out of bed and remember her injury, um, this place gives her that comfort and that, that peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And of course, all we don't um, the the nonprofits that we work with uh, are not all faith based. No. However, there are a lot that are, and and many of them may be faith based, but don't necessarily uh, show that on the front right. end, right? right. Um, we have a lot of not for profits that may support a faith based organization, but but on the client facing side or on the public facing side, it's a thrift shop or right. it, it's it's whatever that is. One of the thing the way we want to pivot to season three of REA Audio Now is to tell those backstories of people like Roe that you explained, right? Because Lindsay, you and I pass each other how many times in the hallway here, right? And we'll smile, we'll say hi. I know what you do, you know what I do. I know how involved you are in what you do. And I know a little bit about your background, but inside you have a backstory that brings you to where you are today. Inside, I've got a backstory that's brought me to where I am today. And a lot of times, it's understanding that backstory that will really help you as a person change the way you see other people. And that's what we want to try to do within this uh, industry, is to help um, risk managers, adjusters, HR people, anybody within the workers' comp industry understand that we are working with human beings and every single one of them has a backstory that's gotten them to where they are, be it good or bad. And we feel like it's a really good way to do that by having uh, interviews with them, but then being able to translate those interviews more into a story format, utilizing their own words. And that's what we're going to be doing uh, moving into season three. And you may not know this yet, Lindsay, but you're going to be a partner with me through the rest of the year because <laughs> <looking forward> to <laughs> you are the, I mean, you are the source of these folks and you get to, to talk to them. I would imagine pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah. And we want to feature what some of our not-for-profits are doing. We want to feature what the injured workers are doing in their backstories. And you know what? We also want to feature those people within the workers' comp industry that are doing the right things and the good things and tell their backstory and what changed their perception as well. So I hope you're ready to kind of partner with me and do oh, this. definitely. Surprise! <laughs> Here you go. And that doesn't mean, and uh, that it probably does mean that we're going to be doing this a little bit more often and hearing more about your trips and kind of introducing some of the people that we're going to be telling the backstories for. 
Every trip is really meaningful and I always, you know, come home reflecting and, you know, I, I learn something new every single time. I think this trip was by far the most meaningful experience that I've had so far. And I think a lot of it was because I got to interact with so many different people. People that were having exceptional experiences at their assignments and people that were struggling as well. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I realized that people just want someone to genuinely listen to their stories. And being able to be that person when, when and if they want to share their story with me is really humbling. And I'm, I'm excited to share those stories. Um, you know, in season three and just with anyone who wants to listen because I, I feel like I really am the lucky one to be able to be the one that gets to go out there and connect with these people and bring those good stories back. So I'm really excited and looking forward to working with you. Well, we appreciate you, Lindsay, and thank you for all that you do. Thank you. So that will do it for season two of REA Audio. Make sure you join us in two weeks for the kickoff of season three, featuring the humanizing stories of people forced to overcome adversity and better themselves through the service of others. We're ready to give you a piece of the positivity in each new episode. And here's where you can help. If you have a story to share, be it yours or someone else's, let us know. You can drop us a note on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. Also, please follow REA Audio on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen on our website at listentorea.com. There's other information there as well. We're helping you reinvent your workers' comp perspective by leading with the good. We'll see you in July.